Wow. And just like that, okay, the year's over. Basically. Right? It's like Thanksgiving and then Christmas and then 2022. Oh. Thanksgiving is in like a few days. It's less than a week away. It's real freaking me out. That is shocking. Like, 2021 went a lot faster than 2020. I'll tell you that. There's a slow chaos and a fast chaos. Yes, and this was somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Yes, I feel like this was like quickly, quickly, quick and chaotic. That's that's I feel like a really apt way of describing 2021. I cannot believe that the year is over. I'm grateful we made it. I am too. I am too. And I thank you for for putting that out there and sending those vibes. Like just reminding me that we and this is a good time, right? Thanksgiving's coming. It is a good time. Focus to, on gratitude. That's right, right. It's a good time to focus on what you are grateful for. We are here, right? We are making it. We're still yeah. kind of in one piece, kind of. And we've got pieces of our hearts all the way out there across the nation with all these listeners. We've garnered so many new community supports and friends. Yes, yes. And we really appreciate it because we understand, like, if, I mean, if the world was, you know, and the year was quick and chaotic for us, we can't imagine what it's been like for all of you out there. So thank you once again for joining us on Voices of Alicia Tellum. REC! We out here, y'all. We're back. We're back for another episode. An E-L-Y. Okay. Tell me. What is going on? What is going on? So, it's November. And we celebrate a lot of things in November. Like, for instance, there is Transgender Awareness Week. It's a really important time for our organization. For our transgender family out there, we absolutely, absolutely love you, affirm you. We're happy you're here. We're happy to do so the now work. I love you. That's yeah. right. Grateful. Grateful. It is indeed an honor. For sure. We also celebrate Indigenous Peoples Month. That's right. Shout out. We've got a lot of really strong nations in Michigan. Shout out to all of them. I'm thinking, you know, Chippewa, Ashinabe, just as a few shout outs. We're happy you're here. Our great stewards of this incredible land that we all call home. Thank you. On a much sillier note, it's Ooh, no so shave November. No shave November. And that's I, really funny. Yeah, I'm that's happily funny. participating. Happily. <laughs> I don't really. I'm kind of like a naked mole rat. Oh, okay. Whatever works. That's, you know, I yeah, that's me, y'all. So for, for those of you who are, you know, in a similar age range, there was a cartoon on Disney called Kim Possible. <laughs> Call me, beat me. If you want to reach me, sorry, go on. When you want to page me, it's okay. Okay. 
Um, and her like animal sidekick was a naked mole rat. Not at all a hairy beast, a hairless beast. And that's yeah, that's those are the vibes I'm sending out in the world. Now, Richard, on the other hand, is um, as some of you may know, Richard is my husband, and the man I've actually never seen his chin. It's been 14 years. <laughs> so <laughs> So no shaving is real. And um, I prefer it. I prefer it. So, you know, everyone, you know, let the hair grow. But the representation matters. And some of us are naturally more hairy. If any of my Arab nation folks out there, my brothers, okay. there's my siblings. Like, Shout this out. is how it grows. And we <laughs> need to just allow ourselves to be what we are. There's no shame in body That's hair, facial right. hair. Especially for femme identifying folks. Like, we're allowed what grows on our faces. Thank you. Yes. Please. Thank you for my moment. Sorry. That's yes. right. Period. Okay. let it grow grow. and you know like be I mean be natural like the holidays are coming you know let yourself be comfy before you see your family (laughs) and and have to wax it all off none of that no none of that don't do it my poor sadushi sits there plucking out her chin hairs I'm like you leave those you do whatever you want they're gonna love you no matter what let it grow let it grow so yeah, those are just some of the things we're celebrating. Things leading us to our most authentic selves. That's right. That's right. That's what we're all about here. Authenticity in our community, in ourselves as individuals. It's very important. So yeah, we have a jam-packed episode for y'all. I know the vibes are just like, we're just kind of taking our time, but it's really just Alicia and I enjoying each other's presence virtually. Yeah, and we're trying to ease you in because there really is just some incredible content that's waiting for you. Yes. It's got to be a slow build. It is, it is. But it's totally worth it. We swear, we swear. It's totally worth it. We had an amazing conversation brought to us by the incredible folks okay this entire episode is actually brought to you by the incredible folks of cadillac shout outs to one of the best american brands out there not just automobile but like as a brand okay Mm -hmm. period you know what's happening when you say cadillac okay it's pretty okay it's luxury it's making you feel real good about yourself me, when I look like a Cadillac, okay, 10. Maybe no. I'm an 11. Okay? Yes. Maybe I'm an 11 when I'm feeling like a Cadillac. And so they linked us with this beautiful human being, beautiful human being, Elaine Montilla, also known as Elaine. Immediately made it to my Shiro list. Yes. Just shot right up there, honestly. Shot right up there. The VP, okay, and Chief Information Officer over at the Graduate Center for the City University of New York. For those of you that are familiar, there are many. (laughs) New York (laughs) City has a lot of colleges. And so this wonderful human being is over the Graduate Center. Um, And also 
the president and co-founder of Five Times a Minority. We don't want to get into it too much, but I'm hoping that your ears are buzzing when you're hearing Five Five X Minority. I'm really hoping you're thinking about, huh, what does that mean? You're going to learn a little bit more in that conversation. An incredible human being. You're going to really enjoy her and very much in the vein of the person that we're named after. Okay? Because we love an entrepreneur. Yes, we okay. Do. Ruth Ellis. So many beautiful parallels with these two trailblazing individuals. Yes. I yes. cannot wait to see. So we just had to give y'all a little, little bit of a snippet right there. And then Alicia did the work, y'all. Okay. No, Alicia no, no. did the work with the wonderful people who every day do the work and That's have right. some beautiful conversations with some of our staff. You want to give everybody a little bit of a tidbit about what happened there? Oh yeah, I'm thrilled. We got to sit down and talk Trans Awareness Week and Trans Day of Remembrance with some folks who work as trans health coordinators in our drop-in space, as well as one of my peer leaders um, for this center. Actually, Eli works with us in the development department, so we, we are just so grateful that he's under our umbrella and we get to work with him every day. So it was just really great to have some first-person community-based knowledge to share and some perspectives, um, just like you know, connection and conversation between these folks who are on the front lines and live in this life and out here every day serving the people. Uh, their people are people as we're all one people. And I'm really grateful that they took the time, grateful again, and excited to share it with everyone. I really love that because, you know, on a really serious note, everybody, trans Transgender Day of Remembrance is, it's a really somber time. You know, every year we receive news that, you know, this is the deadliest year on record for, you know, our transgender family, specifically transgender women, very much black and brown transgender women. Um, And to be in a space to share air Mm. with, you know, a black, and brown transgender woman to know and to love them, understanding the violence that they face, understanding how many of those in the community have been lost. Um, every day it's an honor and, exactly. and we appreciate them, we love them we want for them to not have to fear being their authentic selves. And that's why authenticity is so important to us. That's why it's so important with our community. Um, Whenever you enter this space or any of our presences, we love you as you are. Mm -hmm. Change nothing. Um, Period. Yeah, change nothing be exactly who you are, be exactly who it is that you want to be. And um, we're just thankful. We're just really, really thankful to have the opportunity to observe this time and commemorate the lives, you know, of those who are lost, but then also celebrate those who are thriving and do everything in our power to uplift that, you know, beautiful and extremely colorful community. 
So special shout outs to Patrice, Harmony, and Eli for joining us for some really wonderful conversations that we're super excited to share with you this episode. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, so without further ado, we're gonna we're just gonna pop right off, Alicia. We're gonna pop right off. Enjoy everybody. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with two of our trans health coordinators here at Ruth Ellis Center. I am so grateful that they were available. I could make the time and kind of share some time and space with all of us um, as we go into Trans Awareness Week and we are approaching Trans Remembrance Day. So I would like to have my guests introduce themselves. Thank you for being here. We're so happy to have you. I'll go first. Thank you for having us. Um, my name is Harmony Harris. She, her, hers, and I am a tobacco specialist here, but I started off as a peer navigator with my colleague. My name is Latrice Ward, um, she, her, hers. Um, like Harmony said, we are a tobacco treatment specialist, but we started off as peer navigators. Awesome, thank you both so much. So how long have the two of you been with the center? I actually don't even know. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, it, it seems like a lifetime of boot. When we think back, it's like, oh wow, like three, four years. At least, at least four. At least 2018. Yeah, going into four. That yeah. y'all have been working here. So we were contracted through Henry Ford gotcha. um, to work with uh, clients who needed to be back into care. So um, yeah, it started there, and then Liliana saw the great work that we were doing, so she um, created. Our tobacco grant. Our tobacco, yeah. She 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 created. Um, I want to say, uh, I don't want to say jobs, but I want to say, um, she created. She was able to sustain. Yeah. What we um, what we were doing for him and for. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And and, and and to intertwine that with tobacco. Gotcha. And then yeah. she like recruited you to run whatever that program looked like here. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And had you heard of Ruth Ellis before? Yeah. Had you been part of this community, yeah. like yeah. how to drop in, all that good stuff? I actually, um, I was a part of Ruth Ellis since, well, I've been a part of the Ruth Ellis family since I was 16. Um, I was a part of the original Ruth Ellis, which was um, off Geneva Street. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've, and, and it's, it's funny how it, it came into fruition that I was coming to Ruth Ellis as a youth and then now I'm working for it. So it's just, it's amazing. Full circle, Full circle. that's beautiful. I love yeah. how intergenerational it is yeah, here. I yeah. love that our staff are so like in, in crunched, in crunched, that's not a word. Engrossed, <laughs> entrenched, everyone is yeah. integrated, it's all a, of these things. Right? Yeah. What I said was a combination of all four of them. So anyhow. Um, I also like to just point out that both of you work with the TSOCP. If you could yeah. tell us a little bit about that organization of Transistor Color Projects. Mm -hmm. Well, that is another nonprofit organization. Um, Transistor Color Project is a program to help um, trans women of color in need, whether it's um, emergency assistance yes. or it's emergency funding assistance, yeah. legal yeah. Um, assistance, mm -hmm. any type of help that we can do for the girls and keep them in a safe space, that's what we're for. Yeah. And the funny part is that she is the, are you the secretary? Yeah. yeah. On the board. And, and then I'm the treasurer. So, yeah. 
the powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love. And I know sugar and spice. Sugar and spice. <laughs> okay. If, can you guess which one is sugar and which one is spice? That's a tough one, but I'm going to say harmony is sugar. Oh, uh, very good. Yes. It was too hard. My baby Lala is spicy. Yes, I am. Um, regular. Here it is. It's your season still, yes, too. Sure okay. Is. And also, y'all host groups here. Yes, we actually have one today. So our group, which it started off from our tweet group, which was the intervention to help black trans, black and brown trans women um, become undetectable. Mm-hmm. So with that, we was able to expand our horizons. When that grant ended, we was able to, like she said earlier, um, we came up with a tobacco grant with the help of Liliana. And we still continue all of the implementations from Tweet. Mm-hmm. Just combine that with tobacco cessation. Yeah, yeah. And the girls love it. They do. They oh, do. absolutely. We are the most. I'm not trying to uh, toot our own horn, but there has there has been other um, transgender man groups who have you know tried to get it on and to get a role on it and and, and never been successful. So we're often imitated but never duplicated. We have the most buy-in mm-hmm. from the community mm-hmm. and it's ran by the community because we're from the community we're yeah. no strangers yeah so our group the tweet tweet i'm sorry is like you said the most successful group and it's ongoing we've been doing this for three going on four years yeah yeah i mean i am here on thursday so i see how your folks pile in yes, like one by one and i love it it's so beautiful <laughs> that like you said you've created this safe space and yeah. that it's grown so much mm-hmm. and you and you can tell it's like still evolving because there's always new folks showing up and like you said just like this um camaraderie and, and just affirmation between each other and that was the funny thing when covid first hit last year we kind of was scared because that was like the height of our, our program. You know, we had this back when we was across the street, but, and before all the social distance and limitations, we had up to 27 girls yeah. come to our group yeah. every week. Yes, wow. we did. The, the, the conference room at 77? Yeah. We, women were standing up to be a part of the group, just to, just just to be around that, so that fellowship. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Hmm. Thank you for everything that you're doing. I mean, I know that's just given the surface of what you do in this space. Both of you help with all of our food deliveries and, and you know, kind of taking charge of the space and stewarding the young people who are here on our drop-in hours. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's not stopping. I just heard Liliana say it in another piece. And Liliana is the director of our drop-in program and, and director she, of TSOCT uh, awesome as well. Yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And she was saying, you know, for your team, it's it's never ending because yeah, no. the hours are not nine to five. Like no, folks no. call you all the time. And this, those are your people. Those are your community members. So it's not like you can just turn a blind eye. You do what you do all day for the community and then you get out of work and you're, that's your life as well. So it's, I, it's because we have to. It's right. like there is there's a need for trans women to be accepted and to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And I think that the work that we're doing it's not going unnoticed. I think that people are realizing that, yeah, the the the, the two trans women at Ruth Ellis are are pushing forward and they're very powerful and they're they help they're helping the women in the community be the best of you know be the best women they can be. And I think that regardless of what what paycheck, nothing can sustain the way that I feel about these women and and how I want them to be the best of you know the, the best women that they can be. And it shows. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. It shows. So this um, week of Trans Awareness Week, mm-hmm. broad question, but what does that mean to you to have a Trans Awareness Week? Well, 
in my head, um, every day is a trans awareness day or week. Oh, uh-huh. um, it's just like Black History Month, you mm-hmm. know? Okay, we got a, a specific month with only 28 days that we honor the Black shortest. people. But every day is Black History. So the same thing with this. Um, I've only been in transition for like eight years now. So I'm still kind of new. I'm just a little bit more seasoned. So with that being said, I haven't seen as much as my sister here, mm-hmm. my big sister Latrice. But within my short span, I've seen so many girls come and go. Um, so that's why I say trans remembrance is every day for me. Because yes. not a day goes by that I don't think about my fallen sisters or people in the community that I associated with that are no longer here. Yeah, and then just to piggyback off what Harmony said, that we we actually had one of our um, enrollees, that's what we call the women who be enrolled to the SPEAK program. She actually uh, passed away. And it was just so sad because she was so full of life and she knew what she wanted. But, you know, life happens and we're sad that, you know, that, that our sister is no longer with us, but she's, her death did not going back. And no, she did not get murdered or anything like that. But it's just a, it's just a simple fact that no trans woman will be left, left behind when it comes to me and my girl. Exactly. We're gonna do the best of our abilities, whether it's nine to five, one to 12, it doesn't matter. We have to keep our girls uplifted because as you know, some women, are pushed onto the streets because of the lifestyle. And that with that lifestyle comes a lot of disparities. And I think that with Trans Day Remembrance coming up, that we have to remember every trans woman, regardless of if they are fallen or if they are in the land of the living, we have to uplift everyone and, and, and remember everyone. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry for your loss. I think it off so strongly. <clears throat> do you all uh, tend to participate in Trans Day of Remembrance vigils or gatherings? Do you make a point to do that? Or like, as you're saying, it's every day for you? What, um, as far as the actual visual, I didn't get invited. I didn't know anything about it okay. until I started working here. So once I started working here, I was able to become more involved with things until COVID hit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when our world had it kind of shifted so I did go to one visual I think that was 2019 yeah at the church at the church yeah yeah off the board that was beautiful it was I was say would you say that's a healing it was that uh, was my first healed. time going it was so spiritual it was moving it was it was what we needed and it was what I like it was more than just black and brown yeah yeah. It was more than just black and brown Thank you. trans women as a whole mm-hmm. regardless of what their race creed religion regardless of whatever it it's was, a generation yeah know, older girls yes, younger girls yeah yes. it, it, it was beautiful i'm so glad that's what we want right yeah, every yeah. single person to take trans issues as their issues and, mm-hmm. and that, like we're all part of this human community and so to come together affirm each other and have that representation at the same time like yeah. let it be everything mm-hmm. i have a couple questions that are broad and if you don't have anything to share that is totally fine of course no sure. uh, okay beautiful so if you could speak to every trans person on the planet and share something with them, I'd love to know if anything comes to mind. Um, I would say take your time. Take your time and be aware. 
be aware. Oftentimes, um, trans women um, look look for acceptance in the wrong thing, mm. and I think that sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming, and that can suck you in into some things that maybe you're not ready for. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, take your time in your transition. Take your time and be aware. Yeah. I would just say, don't give up. Don't quit. Even if nobody sees it for you. And I know it's hard with you don't have any support, but you have, sometimes you have to be your own support. Yes, ma'am. And that's how, and you know, realize that other people might look to you for support when you think you're down and bad, but just don't give up. Um, even if you're getting out of bed every day, like that right there is a start. Don't give up. Don't just keep going. Keep striving. Keep I don't care what, go, what yeah. goes on. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of on the other side of the spectrum, if you could share something with allies. I'll say that if you strip everything away from us, we're just human. Mm. Everything. And that is the biggest thing that I want allies to understand is that we just mm. want to be treated like the rest. Equal. Beautiful. Thank you. I mean, I know this doesn't reach every person on the planet, but if one <laughs> trans person or one oh, ally is listening, you, know, you never know, right? Let that message resonate with them. They probably heard it with intention. Like they, the right people are going to receive this. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm grateful for that. Um, I do want to provide time for the both of you if you would like to share, uh, shine a light on any individuals, you know, that you want to honor in terms of Trans Day of Remembrance. Want to make sure we hold space for that. Oh, I had to go down my memory yeah, bank. I, I don't want to miss any one of that. Um, off the top of my head, I would want to say my sister Pumpkin. Yeah. Um, I would want to say Shelly. I would want to say Treasure. Um, I would want to say Tia. I would want to say mm. Kiana. Um, Kelly. Kelly. Um, Lala. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah, Sarah Jessica. Sarah Jessica. Uh, Foxy. Um, mm. I mean, the list goes on and on. Kiana. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of a lot of it is. I don't want to say you become desensitized, but it's like so, the death deaths are so common. It's like we kind of forget. Like you had to go back. Like oh wow. Like like it just came to me. Like Kayla. Like that was yeah, like Prissy. eight years ago. Prissy, yeah. Yeah. It's just. It, it it I don't say I don't think about it, but like it just hits you at times where you don't expect it, and it's like it it can get a little sad because like I'm going I'm I have to reach back in my memory and, and I kind of feel bad like I forgot about it, but like for me and I know it's not the best thing, but I kind of like internalize things or push it to the side and don't really process it, mm -hmm. so I had to go back and be like oh oof, you know so. It's, it's, it's a lot because, like she said, I don't want to forget anybody, but a lot of stuff I just have kind of like black blanks off in my head because sure. it's been so, in my short amount of time, so many people that I've came across that's not here. And it's like, I, I really can't think of it right now. Yeah. 
I want to do a couple of things. One, consciously send some light and love to those souls that you mentioned oh, yeah. and yeah, love to their families yeah. and their friends and their chosen families yeah. and friends uh, for all that they're processing. Also, would just like to affirm what you're saying in terms of having to compartmentalize to survive, essentially, yeah. like to hold all that in the front of your mind and keep living and serving would be a lot. It's already a lot. Yeah. Um, so whatever you have to do to manage. Um, I also think like this is the perfect example as to why it's great to have a trans awareness week and a trans remembrance day. But the reason we need to have them, you know, is, is very much tied to this. Like there's so many. And the fact that you can your casual list coming off the top of your head is already a dozen people yeah, you know it, yeah. in itself is is just prevalence of what we're facing what black and brown trans folks are facing right. every day um so that speaks for itself yeah, yeah. um and then i just will like say thank you for having to touch those feelings to get to that to that and um I'm sorry to, if it's triggering or what no. have you, but I know it's worth it, right? Because yeah, they deserve the, the love and the space. And so like and we're here for that. That's right, never, never. So I know one thing we're talking about um, in partnership with Janice, who is a house mother, who is a caseworker, who is part of TSOCP as well, and yes, does many other things um, with one of her friends, who is also like very active just in the general community that we all engage in, Cassandra, we're working on this um, altar project. Okay. I think some folks in ATL have started to do an altar to honor all those who have been um, taken from violence. Okay. And in Atlanta, they were focusing on just like women and violence against women in general, trans women, cis women, what have you. Okay. Um, and I know that here, the project has evolved because we've lost so many in the community. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing I know that's coming up that we're consciously doing to try and create space to honor and remember. That's beautiful. Well, you will see. I think it's going to be in that spare room, the playroom the, yeah. where we have the media stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that might be very soon, hopefully, transferred into kind of like a, a more of a sacred space so that our community members have a place to come and honor together. You know, that reminds me, Here when we was at 77, um, we actually did have like a little mural, like uh, of all our fallen sisters, and we had their pictures. It was in black and white. So that that's a good idea. Um, if you had anything, if there's anything else, like when it comes to trans awareness that you feel like really needs to shine, a light shine on it, does anything come to mind in terms of if folks are really going to make a whole week like this, what are the things we should be focusing on? I'd love to get any of your thoughts on that. Um, this is more like for the allies. Um, I know that we've made um, pronouns like a big thing, but I just want to say don't overdo it or don't over overanalyze, don't overthink, you know, um, when in doubt, ask, but if, if it's like not a pressing matter, because it'd be a lot of things that I don't think about that other allies, and I know they come to me with a good heart, and they will come and apologize for saying like, hey guys, and it's like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry, and it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's not that. We don't look at as a greeting, like, hey, guys, as it being disrespectful, because we know that that's something that is said to cis women, it's said to everyone. Right. Yeah, that's what, that's what she means by don't overanalyze it. Yeah, gotcha. Is that, like I said in the beginning, just, we're human. Just treat us as such. Yeah. I hear that. What's one other question I was going to ask you? Well, is there anything on your minds, first and foremost, if that doesn't come to me? Is there anything that you came here wanting to share? Um, I just want to say for all 
employers or you know people who want to hire trans people um just make sure that you are inclusive um and culture competent yep just be competent you know um rather the person everyone don't have the privilege to have their name changed right off that mm -hmm. so you know keep things like that in mind and have more representation you know if you want to you say you're an ally, you want to do things for the trans community, okay, well, hire trans people to do the things that you would like to do. You know, instead of having a cisgender person running a group for trans people because you want more engagement, well, how about you hire a trans person and you might get more engagement from the community. Also, and just be mindful. And what I mean by that is, as a scenario, let's say that we're at the gas station and the clerk there, there's a, a, a patron in the gas station who's talking to a trans woman. And just because that trans woman frequents that establishment, the clerk knows that that's a trans woman. And the, 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 the person that's trying to talk to the, to the trans woman doesn't know that they're T. Be mindful that you don't know what can happen by you spilling tea on that person. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like just, just be mindful of things that you do because yeah, you may have great intentions, but it may turn around and and and, and bite you in the ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, just just be mindful. Yeah. You know, just be mindful. And also, I want to just take the time out on your little podcast to say, Alicia, thank you because you have been an inspiration to us all. You you, you started off in at, at the front desk, and you made your way back there, and we love you. Thank love you. you, love you, love Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a genuine spirit. Yes, you do. I appreciate that so much. Um, I'm very honored to work with both of you, and I've learned quite a bit from watching you engage and, and like how I approach service is very much uh, affected by what I've learned and experienced in the space with both of y'all. So thank you for that. Very good. Um, my last question is kind of just in addition to Ruth Ellis Center and TSOCP, are there any resources that you would like to share for trans folks uh, while we have this space? Um, for all the trans folks who would like to get their name and gender changed, you can reach out to um, Jalisa Abad from Prairie, Michigan. She um, has a grant that's um, paying for people to get their name changed. And also, Trans Sisters of Color Project, we don't have a grant to change their name yet, but we can um, pay for you to get your gender marker changed. Yeah. Right yeah. And also... Um, there are a few other spaces like um, What's Up. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm, 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 Love them. They're, they're the great allies, as well as Matrix Human Services. Mm. Yeah. So those are two. Th those are two um, entities that hire trans people. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. Yeah. I really appreciate both your time. I know you literally are about to get ready for your group this afternoon. Yes, so thank you for holding that space no and for being y'all in this space and, and out in the world. It was our pleasure. And uh, hopefully we can have you back again soon. I'd love to spend just more time talking about whatever you want to talk about. Please. No problem. I like this podcast. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I am so excited for this opportunity to sit down with one of the peer leaders here at Ruth Ellis Center, Elijah Ernest. Eli, welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. So grateful to have you. Um, I'm super lucky because I get to spend like every single day working with Eli <laughs> and watching him engage the community and just do everything within his power to help this 
provide services and engage folks. So this is one of just my, my star heart, my heart beats for Eli in the most beautiful ways, truly. Eli, we'd love if you wanted to tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, definitely. I appreciate those affirmations. Uh, well, my name is Elijah. Uh, I'm a peer leader here at Rufellas. I also work for New Wave Brotherhood and I'm an outreach coordinator. Um, overall, I always get tumbled. I always get tongue-tied speaking about myself. I don't know exactly what that is, but uh, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, we're very happy to have you. And I think when you have such a long list of things you could say, yeah, it's hard to yeah. decide what to say. <laughs> yeah, I try to keep it light. <laughs> so maybe we can explore that a little bit later, yeah. for sure, more of why you're here. Um, one of the reasons you're here is because it's Trans Awareness Week, yeah. and Saturday is Trans Remembrance Day. And as a member of the community, you were so gracious as to kind of spend some time talking and reflecting on all of this with us. Yeah, um, yeah, so definitely. from what I understand, you have some things you'd like to share, some thoughts you jot down. So yeah, I'd yeah. love to hear from that. And then maybe later, you know, I can ask you a couple questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be awesome. Um, overall, I wanted to shine a light on a certain topic, seeing as though it is Trans Remembrance Week. Um, in honor of Trans Remembrance Day, I like to speak on something that's dear to me and important. Um, 2021 is shaping out to be one of the deadliest years on record for transgender and non-binary and non-conforming Americans. As of October, it has been documented 43 members of the LGBT community have been violently murdered. In 2020, it was 44 and only one number less than it is now. And that may be inaccurate due to the dead naming and the misgendering that has happened. There could be far more deaths and way more victims that we're not speaking about. Black trans women are the majority of the victims that are often endangered through the transphobia, poverty, and racism. But trans men and others who fall under the umbrella of the LGBT community are also victims of violence stemming from transphobia, sexual assault, poverty, and misgendering. 44 confirmed deaths, but 375 trans people have been reported as missing. A figure risen from last year, which was 350 missing and 45 conformed deaths. There's a great deal of information that has been lost, you know, and I think it's very important to shine light on that because those are whole humans, you know, God's children. You don't just come up missing and you just miss it. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't get that personally. So I feel like how many times do advocates have to demand legislation that protects the trans community before lawmakers introduce and pass laws that do so. How many times do we have to point out that misgendering and dead naming and police reports, and it truthfully damages the investigation. And I honestly feel like that's something that should be spoke about because it's so much going on. You know, they speak on organ trafficking, they speak on just things in general where people come up missing, but when it comes to trans folk, it's kind of like they sweep it under the rug as, as something that's just not really a topic, not really something we should be speaking about. And I feel like, no, that's, that's truthfully unfair. So there are a few names I would like to say, which would be Mel Groves, which was a trans man, 25, uh, died October 11th in Jackson, Mississippi, shot multiple times. Bianca Muffin Banks, 30, January 17th, ATL, murder suicide. Uh, Edmund Damon Valentin, January 9th, Puerto Rico. He was shot multiple times and fought because he was struck by a vehicle. I feel like these few people, and there are many more to be spoke about, but these few people 
um, their their murders have been over television and they've been misgendered and it took time for their families to hear about it. You know, it took months for this to even be investigated and looked into. So I definitely feel like, yeah, it's, it's time for something to truly be said about that. I really appreciate you taking the time to share some actual names of human beings. And I'm with you in terms of how ridiculous it is that this does not get more visibility, right? And I think when it comes to the numbers, we all know they're, they're probably grossly inaccurate because it's not getting enough attention. It's not getting, you know, the visibility that it deserves. Um, and, it, and it's horrid to think we need to give more attention to the atrocities and the murders and the violence, but that is the only way to bring attention to it at this time. Yeah. In addition to all the resources and supports and organizations that are out there for, you know, the positive elements of this, like we have to face the reality, mm-hmm. which is overwhelmingly negative. And yeah. I think that's why this this week as an ally feels very bittersweet because of course we want to draw awareness, but one of the reasons, you know, primary reasons we need to do that is because of the violence that is occurring. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially as a trans individual myself, like I'm big on visibility. Right. So every day I'm walking around, I'm trans, I'm trans. I tell everybody, like I wave it around and Personally, I feel like as a as a human, I should be able to live and, and be who I am. But there are people in the world who don't agree with that, you know. And I think, I mean, that's a, that's a horrible opinion to have on others because it don't really affect you what the next person is doing, you know. But I guess a lot of people feel like they just holy trinity, mm. and God sent them to. <laughs> I don't know. I know God didn't call them personally, but <laughs> but uh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's tough to kind of rationalize other people's justifications for something that is so based in in hate or misunderstanding or disconnect or however you you know folks want to label it. Mm. I wonder um, if it's okay to ask a couple questions for you, like as a trans individual, what does Trans Awareness Week mean for you? Uh, It means a lot to me. Um, Truthfully, so many people before me didn't get a chance to go through what I'm experiencing like in 2021 I guess it's free you know you're more allowed to move around in a certain way compared to the trans man in 1930 where it wasn't you know all this medical uh, information now now it's not it wasn't hormones and things that you could do and really back then you know it was these uh gender conformed of if you were born female that's what it was. He yeah. was anything other. He was kind of like a witch. And like, <laughs> 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 the, world, the world was definitely uh, different then. So, you know, it gave me time to really sit back and think about my ancestors, even the people from, you know, 1990 to the 2000s. It's like, it was completely different. Even like when it comes to certain terms that they go to call trans people has it has came a long way from being a transvestite to being just a transgender person. Like, it's, it's definitely a lot to take in. So in honor of this week, uh, I definitely just give commemorance to everybody that I can think about. And you know, I'm, I'm grateful to be 24 and, and I'm in a, a happy place to be. I'm happy to hear that. And you're, I was just going to say your gratitude shines for, like you said, the lineage that you come from and the time that you get to be present and yourself in this moment where even though there are these atrocities, it also is a world that is in a different way, like more accepting and inclusive and affirming of folks who have different identities evolving. 
I'm glad, I'm glad that's your experience, you know, for sure. Is there anything that, you know, if you could speak to every trans person on the planet right now, is there anything that comes to mind you'd like to share from one to the other? Uh, That's crazy. Uh, I want to say take your hormones. There you go. (laughs) That's a big question for sure. Um, But not overall. um, Don't be afraid to live life, but be safe about what you're doing. You know, it's so many dating sites and it's so many different things that's going on. I would say, yeah, this world is free and inclusive, but still have an understanding, you know, that you have to be self-aware, you have to be socially aware of where you're going and, and where you're at, because it's a different world for us, you know? Absolutely. And kind of on the other side of the spectrum, if you could speak to all allies in the community. All allies. In terms yeah. of supporting trans folks, how... Or what? In terms of how you can, like, in the most simplest way, support a trans person, is simply not misgendering them and telling their information. And by information, it could be tea or, you know, telling something that's not more so your business to tell. Because you can put a person in a, you know, a, a situation. And I say that to allies because, you know, family members do it and, sure. and friends where, they can feel like, you know, you're supporting a trans person by, hey, I'm proud of you, so I want to go tell all my friends that you're trans and that I affirm you, but you don't really know what your friends think or where they come from or, or what's whatever. You know, just, you know, a, a person being a person, you know, just let them be a person. So that's some information I would give to allies. Right on. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'd love if you could tell the folks a little bit more about New Wave Brotherhood. Um, Awesome. Um, New Wave Brotherhood, we just did the first 2021 Trans Men Retreat here in Michigan. Um, We've been up and active for the last five years. We have had four to five grants. Uh, We've done multiple programs and different resources and been here to support and nurture the community. Um, as of now, we're working on a honey man, black trans man, to get a honey black trans man in one space. Um, I think it's very important to shine light on visibility. So that's what we're here for, you know, to support the black trans men, non-binary, um, people of color, just to raise the, the, the spectrum and better living. Beautiful. And if folks want to learn more about New Wave Brotherhood or learn how to connect with them, where would they do that? Well, you could definitely find me. Um, For those who are not my Facebook friend, I'm Eli Marquise. Um, Also, my email address is sinright22 at gmail.com. That's S-Y-2-N-W-R-I-G-H-T-22. Also, our website is newwavebrotherhood.org. And that's N-U-I-I-W-A-A-V brotherhood.org. Yes, it is. Yeah, just wanted to clarify. Thank you. No, for sure. Is there anything else that comes to mind in terms of trans awareness that you think folks, like in general, and this is kind of just a broad question, like need to be more aware of just anything? This, um, it's hard to say, you know, with, with trans people in it, uh, awareness of, that you could be around somebody trans and never know. So I would say just hosting a space to make everybody comfortable, you know, just not having an assumption that you, that you know. Yeah. So, I love that. Be humble. Yeah. Here for that. 
Anything else you'd like to share with us, Eli? I really appreciate your time today. Well, no, I'm grateful. I'm just honored to be here and be able to actually speak on this. Because um, truthfully, it's, it's, it's not being spoken on. And it's a sad tragedy. So um, just having the time to to remember those that have fallen and things they've been through, um, I'm honored and I'm happy to be able to speak on it. Beautiful. Well, we're obviously sending all the love and light to those souls and the souls of the family members and friends who have had these losses and their spaces and communities and homes and their families. And I thank you again for, you know, having straight up the courage to just come and speak and put yourself on a platform in a public forum. Like that takes a lot and it means a lot as well. Like as we're always saying, representation matters and it's a great act of self-affirmation to put yourself in a position like this. So I thank you for joining yeah, me today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because you never know, you know, things happen every day. And me being a trans individual, you know, I, yeah, I definitely want to speak on that because I want to be safe myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, hopefully yeah. I can have you back another time, Nazarene, and I oh, would love yeah, to pick yeah. your brain as, as like I said, yeah. um, my, my fave. Once I, get, yeah, once I get more comfortable with the podcast thing, yeah. Sounds good well, to me, darling. Yeah, okay. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody, guess what? We have a huge surprise for you. Yeah, we do. Oh, my God. The incredible people over at Cadillac, our besties. We love Cadillac. Um, at some point in our lives, right, Alicia, we're going to we're going to get us one. But until right. then, <laughs> we love, love, love the incredible support of Cadillac and the amazing people that they bring into our orbit. And this time around, we have the wonderful, the incredible Elaine Montilla, also known as Elaine, the founder of 5X Minority, Assistant Vice President and Chief Information Officer of IT over at the Graduate Center from the one and only City University of New York. And I'm saying that because <laughs> it's home, y'all. It's home for me. Um, just I'm so happy we excited. have that in common. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just, I just love it. And I'm, I'm so happy to have somebody to share a little bit of home with, with my lovely Detroiter, my Detroit native over here, my queen. <laughs> hey y'all. Yes. Trying to represent from the East side and the D over here. Okay. Very grateful to be sharing this space with these NYC folks, these East coast individuals. Yes. It's a match made in heaven. It's a natural compliment if you ask me. So boom, so boom. But of course, like in another like Detroit native, right? Cadillac, the incredible brand, bringing us this incredible person into our orbit. And we're just going to get right into it because I've said all these acronyms and I've said all these things and I want for them to mean something to our listeners. So we always, always, right, Alicia, we always, always yes. our interviews with origin stories. We love getting to know the awesome people that we have the great fortune of interviewing. So it's whatever you want to share. Whatever you want to share, Elaine. Like, yeah, we are here good. to listen. <laughs> Thank you. And I, first, I want to give a huge shout out to Cadillac because they connect me to the most amazing people ever. <laughs> Juanita, talks to you. 
Um, and I'll, I'll give you a quick summary. I was actually born and raised in the Dominican Republic until the age of 17 when I finished high school. Uh, and, you know, for my mom, it was really important to make sure that we have a good education because she knew that that was our future. And so she made the, the uh, good, crazy, insane, best decision of moving to the U.S. And so I, I actually graduated on a Friday and Saturday I was on a plane to New York. <laughs> wow. Wow. I've never looked back since. And so wow. I moved to New York. And uh, I think, as you can imagine, it was a big culture shock for me because I not only did I not speak the language but I had to learn everything about the culture here overnight um, and so it, it took some time uh, to bring you back to today I could tell you that I started college right away I started doing a few ESL courses so that I could learn English at the same time <laughs> that I was getting credit for my associate degree I have three different degrees from CUNY. Uh, I love my city university of New York and the way Ooh. they support minorities here. Um, and I also work at the Graduate Center. And so I've worked in IT for over 20 years. I really love customer service. And that's how I got started working in tech. I did help desk support for a few years. And then, you know, naturally I love working with people. So I think management is something that um, that called me early on management in psychology. And so now I've been working at the GC for 17 years. I think they want to get rid of me, but they can't. <laughs> and I, and you know, I, I love everything about the diversity uh, of the people and the students that are, that are, that I see coming in every day. And so I'm, I'm in tech and the idea for founding 5X Minority came after that in, in an attempt for me to just give back a, a little bit of the wisdom that I've acquired over the years. That's huge. <laughs> I, we can okay. dive into little pieces. <laughs> I, I can't, when I think about myself at 17, getting on a plane, not looking back, headed to a destination, you don't speak the language, with the expectation like, okay, and I'm going to go to school here and have like a life and build a life. That's huge. That is, that's some pioneering type stuff. That takes Truly. a, you got to be real scrappy amongst some other things to, and just to immediately, I mean, great on you for even saying, okay, I have to start school here. Okay, I'm going to take ESL courses. And granted, I think, um, I mean, the wonderful thing about CUNY is they understand that they have a huge, like there's a lot of international students, a lot of um, American newcomers, I guess you could think of. Um, but that's still really huge. I mean, that's an incredible story. I, I mean, me driving down the block at 17 was huge. Driving down the block. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what let me tell you that I I actually feel privileged because my first school was Hostess Community College in the Bronx and I was surrounded by other Latinos who would help me in class because I couldn't understand everything the professor was saying and they were like Elaine don't worry we got you we're gonna help you you can stay here so you know imagine not having that when I first came in that would have made everything even more difficult for me yeah. so shout out to the Bronx Really though. For doing it. <laughs> 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 Bye. 
I love the reflective, like the mirroring of how your community was supportive to you in that time. And you immediately took, like, as you're talking about 5X minority, you know, you, what you had experienced and are trying to create a space and, you know, opportunities for others in the community as well. So I just, I love how you like mirrored that giving and sharing of support and resources, like the second that you were able yeah, thank you. And you know, I am a huge Oprah fan. And one of the things that I would hear her say all the time is you, your life will change when you understand the beauty of giving back. Mm. And I would hear that early on. And I, I don't think I fully understood what it meant until later on where I now can really say every time I give back, I feel myself growing 20 times more than when someone gives me something and so I think that only comes with age and experience where you actually get to understand what that really means and you're mm -hmm. doing that with the Ruth Ellis Foundation of course <laughs> thank you yeah. it's an honor to even hear that um, and so I guess in that vein um, I know in an earlier conversation we talked about um, you being one of the first people in your family to attend college um, but you also are a lot of firsts in a lot of different respects as well so if you'd if you'd be so kind to share like what is it like in the many contexts that you are what is it like to be the first mm. I love this question you know and and you mentioned Alicia the fact that you know, once you're reflective and you kind of look back into your life, you're able to see things better. And it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage because especially for me as a Latina, we grow up with a lot of conditioned thinking. You know, our families, commercials, television, shows, church, school, everybody's sending messages. Uh, and, and it took a lot for me to understand that I needed to unlearn a lot of the things that I've learned growing up. Because for someone like me, who's a Latina, female, and gay, there were a lot of messages that said, this is your limit. This is as far as you can get. This is how much you could do. And so I think for anyone who suffers, it takes a lot of courage to say, you know what? I don't buy into that. I don't really care. I'm going to be different, and I'm going to challenge myself. And I want to say that I didn't do that on my own. I, I was lucky to have amazing mentors to help me throughout the way, but it takes a lot of courage to tell my mom, I, I know what you're saying and I know you were brought up that way <laughs> and I respect your decision, but that's not my life or what I want to do with my life. And I think some people don't understand that, the courage that it takes to be the first at doing anything or even me saying, I'm going to open a company. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to learn along the way. And any challenge that comes, we're going to deal with it as it comes. That's beautiful. I really need to, I feel like, insert that into my life. Like, I'm just going to do it. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to take that approach to cooking dinner. I need to take that approach. <laughs> I need to take that approach to life in general. Just waking up in the morning. Like, I know when I went to bed, I didn't think I could do it, but I'm up. Yeah, you know, well, I don't think, do I don't, in the workplace, I can tell you that I don't think I would be a CIO if I didn't follow that. Mm -hmm. Because every time someone asked me to take the next step, I knew I wasn't ready. And I never felt ready. But I would say yes, 
knowing that I was not ready, but I was going to learn while I was doing it. So the first time I got promoted to manager, I was like, oh my God, you know, the imposter syndrome that comes over you and oh, <laughs> trying yes. to take over your life. I'd be like, oh, they're making a mistake. This is crazy. But I would secretly, that w- I would tell myself that. And then I would say, yes, of course. What do you need from me? And then when I got promoted to director, same thing. I was like, oh, I don't think I could do this. But yes, let's do it. What do you need from me? And over and over, I've been saying yes, knowing that I'm not ready. And that's the whole point. You're never going to be ready. You need to do things while you're scared. Oh, Bo, I'm sorry. That hits me right in the chest. Because you're speaking of this courage and this bravery and action. And it really has been, like you're saying, the path to opportunity by just saying yes and acting in the face of fear. That's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. But now it like makes sense that you're scared all the time. <laughs> and it's okay to be scared. You know, we have to develop a new relationship with fear. Yes. It's opportunity, crisis opportunity for evolution, right? Oh, I love that. Right on. So we already talked a little bit about um, some of the challenges that you face, but I guess what are the really, really big ones that you're just so proud of yourself for overcoming, aside from the imposter syndrome? (laughs) Yeah, that was a big one. I actually need a therapy to deal with that one, which I'm really grateful for. Um, You know, I think early on not speaking the language was a challenge, but an even bigger challenge for me after that was having a heavy accent. And knowing that people were making assumptions of me because of my accent and knowing that people were not giving me opportunities for growth because of my accent, I think that was a huge one. But one that's even bigger for me is not having role models and not seeing Mm -hmm. people that look and sounded like me doing the work that I wanted to do. Um, And that's something that I care about a lot because young children are always looking up to us and dreaming and thinking, well, asking themselves, can I do that? Would I be able to do that, right? And so I did not have that many people. I, I, I don't even know another CIO that's a female, Latina, and gay that's working in tech. And so uh, that was a challenge for me. I can tell you when I went to college and I took, uh, I took a programming class and the professor was Colombian, female, and gay. And I looked at her and I remember the moment right now where I told myself, oh, this is possible. She is doing it. So I know that I can do it too. But I don't think we have enough of those, you know, and I was lucky to come across one. We need more. We definitely need more. So, so now I have to ask, what made you say to yourself, I'm going to be the one. It's me. (laughs) I'm going to do it. Oh, that's a good question. Let me think about that for a second. Um, You know, growing up, I was a very shy, believe it or not, I was very shy. (laughs) I was very quiet. My mom would tell you that she, she looks at me going off the stage and she cannot believe that I'm speaking so much. I feel that I'm an empath. I don't know if you know what that means. So I feel the feelings from other people. And I feel that we are all waiting for someone else to do something. And I decided that instead of waiting, I needed to do something myself and then just see how far I could go. 
And I can tell you that after I delivered my TEDx talk, it was in a way it was validation for me that my word matter and it was powerful. And I decided after that, that nothing was gonna stop me because I knew that if other girls look up to me, imagine the impact that I could have in them. And so I, I think it's a decision. It's a personal choice. It's not for everyone, you know? I, I'm, I understand people who say, I really don't think I could do this because you have to have that drive inside of you. And just like I started in IT, in the customer service side of things, I think that's just inside of me. I want to help people. Mm. And you've already identified how important having a role model was for you. So once you saw yourself as someone that others could look up to, I can imagine how empowering it would be to like be motivated to pursue that so that you could be that person for others as well. And you, you talked a little bit about the challenges and even just being a female in IT in itself can be difficult, right? So I just... <laughs> give you so much credit even just for making progress in that realm outside of like as we've mentioned these other intersectionalities being female having immigrated to this country and then to have your sexual orientation as it is so I just thank you like for having this courage to present yourself so fully to the world <laughs> look at this effect like we're, we're benefiting from it right in this moment thank you and you know going into computer courses i would always look around the room and be intimidated because there were only two or three female in the whole class and some people may think that that has changed and that today because i'm the cio at uh, at the university that things are different but they're not i go to a lot of places and a lot of meetings where i'm one of three still and that's another reason why I have to continue doing what I'm doing, because I want to see more women in tech. I want to see more Latinas in tech. I want to see more uh, LGBTQ representation in tech and making it all the way up to the C-suite. Yes. You hear that, young people? This is your you call. called out, okay? <laughs> you, want, you need to be there. You need to be seen. Get your booties in there. It's your time. So you did talk a bit about mentors and we wanted to know if you found support from any places that, you know, initially you're like, okay, this is unexpected. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know you cared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'll start with mentors because I think a lot of young people feel sometimes that a mentor Nick needs to look and sound like you. And I was shocked when I learned that most of my mentors were white male who were supporting me in my journey and who would look at me and see things that I couldn't see myself. Um, and I think we need to talk more about that. I, I, I know that I feel more comfortable when I speak with someone who understands where I come from. I can say, you know, platano, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> And that's great, but let's let's not discount that we need to, you know, be more, look more broad and open up to other possibilities. So my first mentor is a white man who really shocked me when he would come to me over and over again and say, Elaine, you can do better. Elaine, you could do more. Elaine, I saw what you did here. Sit down. I want to talk to you about it. That to me was so powerful knowing that he did not know anything about my upbringing, but he didn't care because he removed all the labels 
that society put on me and he saw me as a human being and nothing else. And I wanna do that for others. Um, I also wanna share that sometimes we don't ask for help because we don't think we'll get it. And I would encourage anyone here listening, I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna repeat this probably a few times before we end this call. You'll be surprised at all the people out there that are here to help you. And I learned that I just needed to ask and ask and ask. And help came from many ways. And it's still coming today. I could go on LinkedIn and have people support me that don't know anything about me. I hope that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. And that's another, I think, element of the courage, right? Like having the courage to be vulnerable and put yourself in the space where you are asking for help or where you're not presenting yourself as the master of something already. Like there's mm. a lot to be learned and the conversations, like you said, and the perspectives that come when you invite that can be yeah. really transformational. Yeah, let me share this quick story with you. I, I consider myself a student for life. I am always learning. I'm always I always enter a room and try to find out what is, what is it that I don't know. And when I was promoted to CIO, the first week I was in a panic. I was in a panic because I was telling myself, Elaine, you are the head of IT, so you must have all the answers. You need to have all the answers. <laughs> and I would go into meetings and look around and tell myself, these people are relying on you and you need to have all the answers. And I was so wrong. I was so wrong. And I wanna make sure everyone understands that we don't have all the answers. It's impossible for any of us to have all the answers. And that's one of the reasons I hire very smart people because I'm relying on them to help me. And together, of course, I have a vision. I know where we're going but I cannot solve every problem on my own. And that's where teamwork comes into place. And so please uh, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> Beautiful advice. That's for you future leaders out there. You don't need to know everything. And that means people who are leading in your household, people who are leading professionally, you don't need to know everything, but it's great to have people around you who may know a thing or two and you can add to each other's wealth and abundance of knowing that wisdom. Appreciate those around you, y'all. I love that. I really love that. Um, and then I guess to get like really specific, right? Because so Alicia and I had the great fortune of watching your TED talk. <laughs> and you're talking about, um, you know, the challenges faced by low income students of color. Um, and a lot of our population identifies as such. Um, so when you're thinking about these young LGBTQ young people, especially those of color, um, when they encounter, you know, sort of the greatness of somebody like you, what is it that you want for them to take away mm. from your story? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I mentioned one of them already, and that is don't be afraid to ask for help. Because I found out late that I could have asked more people on my way to the top. Yeah. The second thing that I would mention is... Um, we need to learn to be more compassionate towards ourselves. I think sometimes, and if you go into my office today, I have a sign at the door, I always share this. It says, don't believe everything you think. Mm. And I think sometimes we don't realize that 
there is always two of us at the same time. There is the one who is thinking and the one who knows that you're thinking. But sometimes we believe everything, that every thought that comes to our minds instead of questioning, is, is this true? Is this, is this real? Um, and because of our condition upbringing, we tend to believe everything we think. And I had to stop many times, even when my mom would share something with me and say, hmm, um, I don't agree with you. That makes no sense. And so be compassionate with yourself and find your tribe, you know, find your people. I, I was so hard on myself because I did not want to let go of any of my friends. I felt, you know, we all want to belong and we all want to be liked. And I struggled with that for a while. And I wanted to keep everyone forever. And I learned that people come to your life for a few reasons and sometimes they don't stay forever. And so I learned that I wanted positive energy around me and I surrounded myself with people who would elevate me and help me. And I think when you're young, you don't see that because you wanna be part of every group or you wanna be part of a group because they look cool or because they sound cool. But in the end, the people who love you will always be there for you. So don't be afraid to let go of some people and surround yourself with people who are always cheering on you, always telling you, you know, what to do, how to be better, how to support you. Um, I think that really changed my perspective. To, even today, even today, I have friends where I would have to tell myself, you know what, this is the time where we are going different ways because my vision is a little different from yours. Understood. All a part of growing up if you're able and have the great fortune of being around people to share such wisdom with you for sure. And some of us arrive at that later than others and some of us never get that messaging. So happy to have you put that out in the universe over the podcast for those of you who may have not already heard. Yeah, and that's why I and that's why I think being compassionate with yourself is so important because we are not also lucky to have access to the resources that other people have. And that's one of the reasons I talk about technology where people say, yes, we need more women in STEM. Yes, we need more of this. Or what they're not understanding is that when these students go home, they don't have a computer. They can't even yeah. do their homework. Yeah. And if there is a computer, it is share. So now you're waiting for your mom to finish working or you're waiting for your brother to finish so that you can have access to the one computer right. that's available to everyone in the household. I think we all need to educate ourselves a little more so that we can understand what other people are going through. Yeah. And even then access to the internet. Mm. Good internet is not cheap. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's even more challenging. Yeah. 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 For sure. And the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, of the barriers. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we spoke briefly about 5X minority, but we really want for everyone to really get a cool understanding of, you know, what that is, what it means to you, why it exists. So if you could please share that huge part of yourself with us. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yeah, so you know, 5X Minority really started as a blog. I wanted to share everything that I learned throughout all the years I have working in tech. And the first idea that came to mind was, well, just write about it. Just start writing about it so that other people can read it. Um, and so I love that and I'll continue to do that. 
But right after my TEDx talk, I started to get a lot of emails and messages, especially from young girls who would tell me, wow, Elaine, I can't believe you're actually saying the things that I've been wanting to say for so long. I can't believe I actually can and see you in your story. Uh, and so I would cry reading all these emails every day. And I decided that I needed to do more and to use my voice even more. And that's when I decided to found 5X Minority. And, and so now I work with companies and I do workshops and seminars and, and, and um, keynote speaks. And, and so I enjoy doing as much as I can with the time that I have <laughs> when I'm not running the IT department or in the morning. And that brings me so much joy that I cannot see myself not doing that. Um, and one thing that I wanted to mention also is that, you know, we talked earlier about our youth and the things that they're going through. But I also want to take a moment to talk about the adults that are around the youth and what they're going through. Because I don't think we spend enough time actually listening to them. I think sometimes we have so much wisdom that we want to tell them what to do, but it's very important that we stop and we listen to what they're saying. They are actually telling us what they want, and that's more important than us telling them what they should do. And so creating the psychological safety, the space for them to be themselves is the best thing that we can do for them. Yeah, I think... Honestly, I feel like Ruth Ellis Center was founded on that mm. principle. <laughs> um, so you're really speaking uh, to something that we do our best to espouse throughout the organization. I know that at least when I'm in the presence, I'm not the youngest person anymore, but when <laughs> I'm in the presence of, of Alicia and a lot of our staff here um, belonging, like the, the entire environment just evokes like you just feel like you belong and you feel loved and you affirmed. And and if nothing else, we are not going to go um, through a day without hearing about what a young person needs. OK, <laughs> not here. And, and that is so huge. Yes. That is so huge. We need to clone you and have you in every state. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, we would love that. Yeah, yeah we're we're lucky. Folks reach out saying they want to do what we time. do in spaces, and we do hope one day that we'll have that kind of reach yeah, for sure. We need to make that happen. We're I think with your that. power, we could yes. do that. I think <laughs> with your power, well, let me know how I can help. We need to make that happen. <laughs> we appreciate you. We very well may take you up on that offer. Seriously, I know, like, especially with, I mean, we know that what limitations are there to tech. Let's do it. <laughs> there you, can, go. you know let's technology use technology for good let's yeah. use technology for good and so I guess like so we're gonna bring it back to the D right to Detroit and we have to ask how did you get connected with the awesome people of Cadillac how did that happen <laughs> yes uh I love them uh, we actually got connected through the Spike Lee Productions Company. And somehow people have been watching me and I did not know. And you know what? That's a, that's a message I want to put out for, for everyone out there who feels that sometimes we're doing so much work and we feel like nobody cares about it. You never know 
who is mm. watching you and you never know who is looking up to you and you never know who is learning from your painful story. So that was a lesson for me. Uh, but we've connected and worked on the Pride campaign this past year. Uh, they are huge supporters of me and my work. And, the, and there is a big change for elevating the voices of underrepresented minorities, which really connects with the mission of 5X Minorities. So I, I just love working with them. So then we have to ask, what makes you audacious? <laughs> oh, you know what? I think my authenticity is what makes me audacious. I think it's the fact that I understand that I could never change what people think or what they say. And so I decided that I would be myself everywhere. Uh, I spent a lot of times having different versions of Elaine. There was a version of Elaine at work. There was another one at home and it was exhausting. Ooh. And so I learned that if you love me, you need to love the Elaine that I'm showing the world. And so there is only one version, nothing else. And I'm extremely comfortable in my skin. And if you are not comfortable around me, that is not my problem. <laughs> hey, talk about it. And so when I learned that, and I think that's what drives me every day. I'm audacious because I am me and there is no other one. There is no other Elaine. I'm the only one. And so I'm, I'm you know, the powers that I was born with are gifts that I want to give to the world now. That's awesome. True. And then, of course, now we have to bring it to the center. You know, we, we got back to Detroit from the East Coast, everybody. We had to talk about Cadillac. We have to, because they're the wonderful people that connected us. But now we have to ask about the center. What was your first impression of the Ruth Ellis Center? <laughs> <laughs> My first impression is that I wanted to cry. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, when, when, I, when I learned about Ruth's story, I wanted to cry. I felt so proud of her without knowing her for being so audacious, for being the first to be an entrepreneur and have her print company, for working so hard during a time where everybody was working against her and what she was standing for. And so it really moved me. And then afterwards, knowing all of the services that you provide to the youth community. I mean, I'm an adult and it was difficult for me to come out <laughs> to my mom uh, when I did. And I cannot imagine what the youth community is going through, um, being rejected at home or dealing with homelessness or not having a warm meal and knowing that you can provide all of that to them, including mental health and medical services for free. I mean, that's why we need to clone you. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's amazing. We, I, I think more people need to know about the work you're doing. And I am going to do my part to make that happen. We thank you for that. So much. Really. You've done so much. And I'm just. I apologize. I am so interested to hear if there's any other major of your triumphs and successes that you'd like to share, shine a light on while we have you. Hmm. Yes, thank you. You know, I, I don't really worry much about awards and appearances and what people think of me, but I do have one that I'm really proud of. 
<laughs> uh, and that is being the recipient of the 2021 Outstanding LGBTQ Executive Role Model. I, I am so delighted that people, like I said earlier, are watching you and they see the work that you're doing. And I love it when that comes to me without me having to reach out to anyone because it shows me that all the hours that I spend at night and during my evenings putting out content and helping and coaching and mentoring young girls, it's something that it's actually paying back. Um, and so if something like that helps elevate my message, then I'm all for it and I'll take it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really proud that this list came out and that I'm sitting alone so many amazing other women and men who are advocating for our community because we need to do more of that. Well, congratulations. I know. We're so, we're so for thrilled you. for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Thank well you. Served. And then I guess aside from the award, you know, you have many titles. Yeah. Many, many titles. Too many. <laughs> right. Are there is there anything new on the horizon for you? Hmm. You know, for a few years now, I have been wanting to write a book. And mm -hmm. so I am working on that. I'm not where I need to be yet because of time <laughs> restraints, yeah. but I'm hoping that I can finish it soon and put it out into the world. It's a powerful story. So definitely hoping we can partake in that. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I'll keep you posted for sure. Yes. Um, so this has been incredible and we so appreciate, I mean, again, you have so many titles, so I can only imagine what that Google calendar looks like. It probably looks like Tetris, like <laughs> just colors everywhere. So I can't thank you enough for just taking some time and talking with us. We really, really appreciate you. Truly, your presence so. is a gift to us and to Seriously. all of the folks that you will reach. And again, like we're just happy that we can use our platform to shine on light on individuals like you that are representing so many intersectionalities and doing it in such empowering and powerful, motivating ways. So thank you for being you and yes, for sharing seriously. that with us. Seriously, thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you for creating this platform for people like me to be able to come here and share our story. And I, I know that your story is going to speak to someone that is going to listen to this. So I would love for them to have the opportunity to see, you know, how do they reach out to you? How do they get connected to you with 5X Minority? How, you know, would our supporters and our young people, how would they go about that? Yes. So anyone can find me on LinkedIn. I would say that's number one. Um, and then 5X Minority is the tag in any social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at 5X Minority. Uh, and you can go to 5XMinority.com. Awesome. Yay. So Yay. get oh, one yourself. Little thing yeah, before I can. forget, yeah. uh, I have a little gift before I forget. Ooh. So for anyone out there, who has never tried journaling, I want to share that journaling is a tool that has helped me be the leader that I am today. And I created a free journal that I want to give out. It is already up on my website. It is Ooh. free. 
You don't have to give me anything. I don't want your email address. I just want you to have it. So if you go to 5xminority.com and go to books, you will see my free journal there. It's free for you to use. You can fill it up online or print it as many times as you want. Oh, that's incredible. Thank you. We've got no excuse now. (laughs) Right, you have all of the words and the wisdom to motivate you folks. You have the journal to write it all, those dreams down in, and the community. We're right here. That's us. Um, Just ready to support all your success in the future. So here for it. Thank you for being here. Hey, y'all. It's time for Ally of the Week. Do I need to repeat? It's time for Ally of the Week. And yeah, I will repeat just so you get my point. All right, y'all? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. I was talking to her face. She looks ready. She's like... She's with anticipation right now. That's all of it. It's real. Okay. So we have some allies of the week, really. Like um, some LGB emphasis on the T. Allies of the week. Okay. New Wave Brotherhood and the Trans Sisters of Color Project. You just met three incredible representatives of these two organizations, okay? And those conversations they had with Alicia. Those are the allies of the week. We love, we're happy, we're thankful, we're excited. They've got so many awesome things happening. And definitely in the episodes to come, we're definitely gonna follow up, try to find out any progress they're making what fun things they're doing out in the world for the incredible trans men and trans women community. Yes, and we hope that anybody who did not know about these orgs who might be interested in connecting can take this as a bridge to those resources. I know they'd love to know you. Check, 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 check. Check them out. We'll leave some links for you guys in the notes. Absolutely. And we cannot wait to share with you a little sneak peek of what's to come. Yes. And that's coming right up after this, y'all. But in the meantime, thanks. Always a pleasure having you with us. Love you, love you, love you lots. Hope you have an incredible Thanksgiving ahead of you and the beginnings of a peaceful and happy holiday season. We're already so excited for what's on the horizon next time on Voices of REC. We'll be talking Giving Tuesday, which if you don't know is a global generosity movement that centers and celebrates all acts of giving. Every act of generosity counts and everyone has something to give. We'll get into it. We'll also be sharing more on Indigenous Peoples Month spotlighting a few more local communities, individuals, maybe some history. And the Peace de la Resistance will be sharing all about our upcoming We Are Ruth Ellis Center campaign. If you follow us on social media, sidebar, at Ruth Ellis Center on Facebook, IG, and Twitter, 
You've probably seen some of the compelling testimonies from our community members sharing their story and experiences, their connections. Well, we're gonna be featuring one incredible individual in particular, Kweku Ose Bansu. If you don't know Kweku from his amazing restaurants, headpieces, presence in the community, personhood in itself, you are in for a feast, not a treat, a feast. And if you get a chance to stop by East Eats, his Detroit restaurant location in the interim, before, during, or after, highly recommend. Last but not least, we'll also spend a few lovely moments shining a light on the wonderful folks at Chevy and the ever amazing Wanda Sykes, who've been spearheading the dynamic, authentic Voices of Pride project that we've been a part of. All of this and more next time on Voices of REC. We hope you can join us.